Welcome to Unsung Heroes with Johnny, Daniel, James, and Sam. Our goal is to leave no hero unsung. Welcome to the Unsung Heroes podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm James. I'm Daniel. And I am Samuel. This week we have an exciting episode for you guys because it is yours truly who will be presenting. Ooh. Not me, but Johnny. Yes, me, me, Johnny, am the host. Me am the host. I'm so stupid. That's dumb. But yeah, so I uh, I've done a little bit of research about a um, a person who lived a long time ago. Uh, her name is Lady True or Ju. She's actually from Vietnam. So I just want to go ahead and put this out there. I don't know how to pronounce a lot of these names and things <laughs> I'm going to be talking about. So just a general disclaimer right now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to stick to one pronunciation, but uh, I, I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced, so please don't, uh, you know, uh, criticize us too hard for that. <laughs> I mean, even Laodicea from last episode, I mean, that, that even is hard as an American. I, I mean, well, yeah, I guess, but she, I mean, that's why she was just called Dicey. It was easier. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> just stick with Dicey. It makes it easy. Yeah. yeah. And that actually also makes it easier to put in a song. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to put Lady True's name in a True. song. Well, I don't know. Here's the benefit is because of of our limitations, we can make her name rhyme with just anything, right? I mean, we just say we can we're, pronounce it yeah. however we want. No, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> Someone's gonna listen to this podcast way later, and then be like, you know, I feel like this story's familiar, and then look at the name and be like, oh yeah, this person. They said the name completely wrong the whole yeah, time. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't want to mislead anybody. Right. Um, so just to recap all of our listeners, th- this podcast is about unsung heroes where we choose a person from history, we present about them and inform about them, and at the end of the podcast, we write and record a song so that they are officially no longer unsung, but a sung hero, and that is what we're setting out to do. Our goal is to leave no hero unsung. Leave no hero unsung, that's right. So please, if you guys would, leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your friends and family about this podcast if you enjoy it. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. We've got pages over there. Uh, we'd love to see you guys over there. And uh, and eventually, um, we would really like to get some input from you guys. Maybe you can start suggesting some heroes for us to do, and we can uh, start researching those instead. Yeah, that'd be great. And I'm excited that we get to learn about somebody, John, today that's just such a different time period than we're used to. I mean, yeah, so yeah, so true. Uh, Lady Lady True, she she was born uh, like 1,800 years ago, so it was a long oh time gosh. ago. Oh, wow. The interesting thing about that is, though, I think this episode's going to be a little different than what we've done before, just because uh, since she was born so long ago, her stories from so long ago, there isn't that much detail about the, as- the different aspects of her life. So we get to fill um, in the details, right? Well, <laughs> well I'm, I'm not just going to make stuff up, but... Oh, man. <laughs> um, but be- because of that, like in, in episodes past, what we've done is talk more about their whole life, kind of how they were raised, how they got into what they were doing, what they're famous for. But this episode, um, I think what I'll do is give a little bit of history more about... Um, about Vietnam itself at the time, and especially its relations with China, because that plays a big role into it. Mm. And then leading up to Lady True's story uh, and why she's a hero. So um, I, I think if, if you guys are willing to, you know, s- sit through that, I think it'll be pretty in- interesting, actually. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm Let's looking hear. forward to it. Yeah. So um, 
Let's start with some more about the history of Chinese dominion over Vietnam. So uh, Vietnam is a country, it shares a border with China. Uh, it is south of China and it's on the coast of the South China Sea. Now back then, they did not have the same borders as today, but it was just kind of a, a certain region with different people groups. And the Vietnamese people group were in uh, kind of the north part of what is known as Vietnam today. Um, on near the border of what is Vietnam and China today. They, but they weren't, they didn't have a border. They were just a people group that had settled in that area. And so throughout history, there have been four periods of Chinese dominion over Vietnam that the Chinese have come and taken complete control over the Vietnamese people. Hmm. So the first started all the way back in 111 BC. So that's o wow. over, over wow. 2,000 years ago. Wow. Um, and that, this was during the Han Dynasty of China, um, and they invaded Vietnam, and they mainly invaded Vietnam because they wanted control of the Red River Delta, which is what was in that region of, of North Vietnam. Uh, there was a massive delta there. They wanted control of it because it was good for trading. They could bring in ships in and out of there. They wanted to be able to trade with other countries like big nations like, uh, like in India and even all the way over to the Roman Empire. They wanted to be able to trade. So they started invading. Hmm. And what's interesting is actually the name Vietnam sort of comes from this era. There's actually different sources about this that kind of talk about the origin of the name Vietnam. Mm -hmm. But one of them says that um, it originally was the other way around. It said Nam Viet, uh, and huh. Nam meant southern. And Viet, uh, some sources say, meant that they were barbarians. So Nam Viet meant land of the southern barbarians. So the basically southern. they were the, uh, the huh. southerners. Of right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, you can see, like, it shows what China thought of Vietnam at the time, you know, mm, especially right. the people group. So I yeah. wonder how the name got switched eventually. Like, did they just start switching it to Vietnam? Yeah. Uh, so I, I try to find that out. It seems like Vietnam, that order, first came about in like the 16th century, so way later. Huh. And the area of Vietnam has gone through many different names. Uh, and a lot of them actually is what China had put on them. But the two, like the two fusing of those words, Nam and Viet, came from this area, yeah. And, okay. uh, you know, uh, other sources say that Viet was simply the term for the people group, so it okay. would be like the southern Viets. But yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting, and it kind of showed how China thought of them. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting always for me to think about how, like, you know, we to us, non-Viet sounds so weird, but yeah. I, you know, that's because we've grown up hearing Vietnam, so if you know, you're in a time period where you hear Nam Viet and all of a sudden it becomes Vietnam. <laughs> Vietnam probably sounded to them what Nam Viet sounds like to us. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Did you ever get into a pattern when you're growing up of people calling you and your siblings by a certain name order? Like in my case, it was, you know, Sarah, Anna, James, and Abby. And if I ever heard that name order in a different way, it would sound so off. It sounds to me. weird. Like it wouldn't right? flow. Like oh, if you yeah, said, yeah, like, like if you said James, Sarah, Abby, Anna, it's yeah. like weird. It's just weird. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. So during this first ruling, this was China's uh, ruling of Vietnam. It was actually, you know, some of the history books say it was a pretty lenient rule. Um, they didn't oppress them too much, but they did want them to adopt a lot of the Chinese. Uh, writing systems and literature, and they, they forced them to adopt Confucianism as well. And so because of this, a lot of the Vietnamese people lost a lot of their cultural uh, and, and their identity at this time. Mm. 
But that changed about 150 years later. So during this first rule, it lasted for about 150 years until 40 AD. And that was when there was the revolt of the Trung sisters. So this oh, is yeah. th oh. this is a, a different a different two people than who I'm going to talk about today. They led a revolt. This was in 40 AD. Um, so what they did was they started going around to all the Vietnamese people and trying to raise morale against the Chinese, and they were trying to encourage bravery. And there's some legends that say um, they tried to prove their bravery by killing a tiger and skinning it and using its skin as paper to write their proclamation on it. Dude. Oh, dude. wow. That'll <laughs> yeah. do it. I mean, Imagine wow. if I turned in my papers that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> professor wants to give you an F, but I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> how can she, <laughs> Mr. Samuel? I see why your paper is five weeks late. It's like you know, this isn't MLA style, but I'll still accept <laughs> but it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so by doing this, they raised an army of supposedly eighty thousand of Vietnamese, and That's of these a lot eighty of people, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, of these eighty thousand, they chose thirty-six women. Um, and this included their own mother, actually. <laughs> now, they chose these women and trained them to be leaders of the army. And they, they used the army and these leaders to drive the Chinese completely out of the Vietnam area. Um, and this was, in, this was in 40 AD. They, they drove them out. And then the Vietnamese people chose the older of the two sisters to be their new leader. But unfortunately, this only... Uh, took place for three years before the Chinese came back and overthrew them again. Mm. Ooh. Man, I was going to say, I could hear the montage of like a Mulan song in the background there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Be a man. Uh, it's not really be a man, because <laughs> Vietnam. I know. That's our new song <laughs> idea. Good. There it is. Vietnam. <laughs> you, must Vietnam. <laughs> you must write your proclamations on a tiger skin. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I don't want to get copyrighted, so yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. let's not do that. Yeah, no, yeah. no relation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just came up with that. So. Entirely coincidental. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. So it only lasted three years. Unfortunately, the Chinese came back, overthrew them, and legend says that the sisters, when they were overthrown, they did the honorable thing at the time, and uh, they committed suicide. Mm. Um, by it, by drowning themselves. Is that when the they river. when they were overtaken or when? They yeah, were? yeah. Back, yeah. Oh, okay. After the three years when they were overtaken. Wow. So that that was kind of what was culturally, um, you know, the thing, especially yeah. in that region in yeah. that time. So so that was in forty three A D. That started the second period of Chinese dominion, and that lasted for several hundred more years. And this period, this period of Chinese dominion during this time, is when Lady Trung comes onto the scene. So. In 220 AD, China still had this, this rule over Vietnam. And 220 is when this Han dynasty of China kind of broke down and China shattered into a bunch of different little warring pieces, all trying to find power. Um, it's actually super complicated. I was trying to read like all the details of like the, this warring for power, and it was like Game of Thrones up in there. It was like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All these families backstabbing each other. Yeah. Well, that actually often happens. Um, we study this thing called complexity theory, which talks about how whenever a, a system collapses, it kind of collapses into its most basic elements. Mm -hmm. And so after major periods of imperial domination, if that 
system collapses, it usually devolves into a type of what we would call feudalism in the West. So you see this after Rome, you see this in Japan, you see this in China many, many times where a strong centralized society will collapse and it becomes warring families in a feudal society a lot of the time. So that is kind of what is characterized by China's story and history as well many often. Didn't that happen with the Mongol Empire as well? I think so, yeah. To some degree, yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, like I can get in, that right in, on, my, yeah. on my test. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, e- even in places like uh, Central Asia, for example, um, you know, after the Mongols, there came the Chagtai Khanate. And then after them, these Khanates all split, split up and had yeah. their own Khans who mm. were the rulers of the region. So it happens uh, very commonly. Right. right. Yeah. So that's kind of what had happened. Although after, so this happened in 206 AD, actually, is when the Han Dynasty ended. And from 206 to 220 is when all these little warring factions were trying to take each other over. By 220, though, um, there were three kingdoms that had emerged as like the three main areas that had kind of formed together. So you in had, China or in Vietnam? Th- this was all in China, yeah. So oh, okay. at, at, at this time, there's still Chinese rule over Vietnam. Right, right, okay. But all of this warring and stuff's happening in China itself. Okay, thank you. Um, so, so the three kingdoms in China at this point were the, um, and excuse my pronunciation again, but the, the Chao Wei in the north, the Shu in the west, and the Wu in the east. Hmm. So the Wu in the east had control of the whole coast, so they were kind of in the, mo- the best position in terms of trade and economy because uh, they could still trade with like the other countries through their their ship shipments out of the sea. Um, and so from this point in 220 onward, uh, it starts for several decades, these three kingdoms actually kind of fought amongst each other as well until uh, after a few more decades, they kind of all formed together under a new dynasty. Um, but during this three kingdoms period, this is where uh, this is where the story of Lady Chu happens. Hmm. So here's here's what happened leading up to this, and this uh, a lot of this is was really interesting to me. Also, kind of Game of Thronesy, I guess. <laughs> um, so here's what happened. Right, the Wu was in the east, one of the three kingdoms. They're in the east of China. They're the ones who have control of the Vietnam area, which is just south of that eastern portion. Hmm. Um, now, the Vietnamese really did not like the rule of the Wu dynasty, and a lot of sources say they were really unhappy, they were really oppressed, the Wu people, the, the Wu dynasty was really um, oppressive over them, and so they were really unhappy. However, uh, the emperor of China had set up a man named Xi Qi to be the ruler of the Vietnam area, um, and actually, the Vietnamese people kind of liked him. They actually liked oh. him as their ruler. Um, so it was kind of this weird dichotomy of, like, they don't like the Chinese government itself or, like, the, the Han Dynasty, but they like the the one ruler that's over them. Did you see why they liked the ruler? Um, I, ju- I You know, he was just, like, a really... Uh, he was good for their economy, for one thing, okay. but he was also like more of a generous guy and kind of boosted some more uh, morale among them. Mm-hmm. And so they just kind of they just kind of liked him, and he wasn't like as oppressive as the rest of the Han Dynasty. So okay, gotcha. Um, so what happened then was Shi Qi, this this ruler over the region, he died, and his son Shi Hui 
or Hue, uh, became the new ruler of the Vietnam area. And again, the Vietnamese people still kind of liked him, and they were still pretty much behind him and still didn't like the Han dynasty itself. But then here's what happened. Emperor Wu, Emperor Wu of China sent a new person named Chen Shi to be the, the new ruler over the Vietnamese people. And he wanted to move Shi Hui to another region. And he wanted to make him the ruler of a separate region. But Shi Hui did not like that. He did not want to leave <laughs> the Vietnamese people. He was like, nah, man, these Vietnamese people are pretty cool. Like, I want to stay here. <laughs> I like them. them. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was Chen Shi, who was the new, uh, the new ruler who was coming in, had his troops coming in and his whole ruling uh, faction that was coming in to be the new rulers. But Shi Hui sent his troops to stop them from coming in and stop them from taking control. So the Han Dynasty really didn't like this. They saw it as a rebellion. They saw it as Shi Hui trying to rebel against them. So they sent General Lu Dai against him uh, to try to put down Shi Hui. Now, apparently Lu Dai had a pretty good reputation for being a really good general. Uh, so when Shi Hui heard that they were sending Lu Dai against him, he decided it, it was too much, uh, too much of a fight. He didn't want to uh, go against him, otherwise he would probably die. So what happened was Lu Dai met with some of Shi Hui's people and they came to an agreement. Uh, Lu Dai promised that if they all surrender and give up the control of the Vietnam area, that they would spare their lives. So Shi Hui agreed. Mm. He opened the gate for Lu Dai to come in, but it was a trap. Oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> it's a trap bar. It's a trap. King's Landing all over again. <laughs> so what happened was Lu Dai came in and ended up killing all of Shi Hui's family. Oh, oh no, man. Uh, oh, no. And uh, so, as you can imagine, this Shi Hui, he was really liked by the Vietnamese people, and the Han Dynasty was not liked by the Vietnamese people. Now you got all these Han Dynasty people coming in and killing Shi Hui. Mm -hmm. So this really riled up the Vietnamese people. They were, oh, they were outraged that, at this. That sounds like a recipe for disaster to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what um, not to do right, right there. And by the way, I think back there I said the Han Dynasty. What what I meant was the the Wu the Wu Kingdom of the East. Right, um, right. The, the yeah. remnant of what the Han Dynasty used to be. Right, right. But area. it wasn't actually the Han Dynasty. Right. Okay. At, I got at you. this point. Um, so the Vietnamese are all outraged. They're all uh, like really hating on the Han Dynasty, and now they don't even have the Shi family there anymore to be their ruler. So they start to have an uprising, but this uprising is super unorganized. They're all like. <laughs> trying to fight back, and the, uh, the, uh, the Wu uh, kingdom saw this as, you know, them having this um, uprising against the king, so they sent in all these troops and started slaughtering the Vietnamese people. Oh, um, man. Um, it is said that they killed over 10,000 Vietnamese people at oh this time. Gosh. It is just not going well for the Vietnamese people in this time, is it? Right, yeah. Nope. No, it's not. So, at this point... In our play, Enter Lady True. Okay, <laughs> this is Act Two, by the way. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess yeah. Maybe. Um, you could debate for an Act One, I guess. Yeah. Well, it might be Act Three, even if you. Well, ne never mind. Just, <laughs> <laughs> In the Shakespearean pattern of five acts, this would probably be around. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so Lady Chu, she was born in uh, 225 AD, supposedly to relatively wealthy parents, but uh, her parents died when she was still a baby. Mm. So she was taken in by her brother and her sister-in-law, um, and they raised her. But her sister-in-law was apparently uh, very abusive and cruel. And so there was a lot of tension between the two, and um, True was reportedly raised in an, an abusive household because her sister-in-law had been abusing her mm. for most of her childhood. Mm. Um, other than that, though, not a lot is actually known about her childhood um, up until she was 19 years old. So this whole time that she's being raised, this stuff with the Xi family and this betrayal and the trap, all that is happening while she's being uh, raised. So she's part of these Vietnamese people who are trying to have, uh, have this uprising that's kind of unorganized at this time. So when she was 19 years old, reportedly she fled into the mountains. And some sources say that she fled into the mountains uh, because she had killed her sister-in-law after they had had a fight because um, her sister-in-law had been abusing her and she killed her and uh, fled into the mountains. Yeah. Interesting. So... She flees into the mountains, and legend says she spent months there training to be a warrior. Um, <laughs> wait, I've seen this kung fu movie before. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's here's the thing about Lady Chu's whole story. There's a lot that is um, has a fantastical element to it, and a lot probably is exaggeration after the fact. You know, a lot of legend because she actually is this big figure in Vietnam in their history. There's like a lot of rumors that had come out of it, a lot of legends. So a lot of this stuff is exaggeration. A lot of this stuff is like to make it more dramatic. So take some of this stuff with a little grain of salt. Sure. Um, There are certain things that we know that she did, but there's some other things like the little details that might be added after the fact. So Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know, everyone does that or when they have heroic figures in their nation, they want to... You know, the propaganda style, just like, right. oh, man, they're incredible. They did all yeah. these stuff. Like, they can fly, and they're like, oh, man, we need to follow that person. So. <laughs> right. That never happens in Turkey, though, right? <laughs> oh, no, never. No, no. It's all, it's all <laughs> true. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ataturk, may he rest America's well, you know. America, we never exaggerate. Anything. No, no, yeah. No. <laughs> we just make it back by breakfast. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only a little white lie, you know? It's yeah. Just like, <laughs> Uh, yeah. America, always make it back by breakfast. Making it back. <laughs> for some donuts. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation while you have donuts for breakfast. But anyway, let's, yeah. let's just... <laughs> is that, what is that exaggeration? I just, it doesn't... Never mind. <laughs> no, just, no, yeah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk after the podcast, guys. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, one of those legends, you know, from this time is about her spending these months training in the mountains. So, supposedly, she was alone at first in the mountains, training herself to fight. Uh, but rumors started to spread all throughout the Vietnamese people, and people started to hear about her training. And, uh, you know, since at this time, the general consensus among them was that they wanted to fight against the, the Chinese, they decided to join her. So people started to flock to her up in the mountains as mm. she's training, which is interesting, right? So now she starts to train them too. Um, so soon, it's like a little secret army, basically. Right, yeah. It's kind of like Dumbledore's army, That's right? what I was thinking of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had like the room of requirement right. up in the mountains. Wow. Um, so sh- soon she has over a thousand people with her. Um, and reportedly she trained them all herself, like individually, 
She trained them to fight. <laughs> which day in and day out, all I do is train. <laughs> yeah. While you were down there with the rest of the people, I was here learning the sword. <laughs> yeah. So some of this stuff right here, uh, at this point, it gets a little uh, confusing because there are some uh, differing sources on, on some of the information. Um, so apparently, up until this point, True's brother, who had been married to the sister-in-law who, had, who was abusive, um, he apparently was part of some of the fighting that was already happening against China. Um, but, some, but the sources differ. Some say that he was the leader already of some of the fighting, but some say that he only joined after Lady True had raised her army. So it's, uh, you know, we're not really sure. But what apparently did happen was as Lady True was preparing to, her army to fight against China, her brother came to her and he tried to dissuade her. He tried to tell her to stop rebelling. Um, and he said it was too dangerous. He told her she should try to find a husband, actually, and have a quiet life. He said, you see those Hans? Huh. They popped out of the snow. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's, yeah, that's dangerous. <laughs> that's dangerous stuff, man. Too many Mulan parallels for me to not make reference. Yeah, no, sorry. Just, let's just not go there. <laughs> also, he's like, hey, you killed my wife, but let's talk about how you shouldn't die. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little weird because apparently, like, there's not a lot of sources on that either. Apparently he, you know, had gotten over that by this point. I, I, I don't know. Or... Or he's yeah. like, what if you get married so you know what it's like to lose your love now? It's yeah, really I don't think, no, no, I don't think no. I don't think we're reading too deeply into this. <laughs> yeah. No, but he came to her, right, and he said, no, you should try to find a husband and live just a quiet life because this is too dangerous. Well, uh -huh. she wasn't having none of that. Apparently what she said was, and this is a quote which obviously has been translated, she said, I only want to ride the wind and walk the waves, slay the big whales of the eastern sea, clean up the frontiers and save the people from drowning. Why should I imitate others, bow my head, stoop over and be a slave? Why resign myself to menial housework? Whew. Wow. I think we just found the lyrics to our song. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. wow. Yeah, so again, it's hard to tell if this is like accurate to what she actually said uh, you know it's probably like embellished a bit but let's go ahead and say it is just yeah, for that, it's actually it, what she said yeah <laughs> sure. i can imagine some cinematic music in the background yeah i know goes right? black and white yeah. maybe we up. shouldn't record this episode so we can use this for a movie later you know uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't think we have the budget for that maybe after we get yeah. a sponsor let's stick, to a po <laughs> let's stick to a podcast yeah um yeah, so, you know, she said this really epic, you know, she gave this little mini speech to her brother. And, and everyone started clapping. Right, yeah, slow clap. <laughs> slow clap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, according to some legends, her brother, after hearing her say this, was persuaded to join in the rebellion. So that's like I mean, some of the sources. who wouldn't? I mean, right? I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty awesome so she started to uh at, you know after she trained her army sufficiently she started to bring them against the chinese and at this point some of the chinese had been hearing about her amassing this army uh but they vastly underestimate her because they're like oh this is just a woman um raising like this mm. ragtag team of people should have done that should right. have done that yeah so the Chinese, they, they didn't send their actual main troops against her at first uh, because she was a woman. She didn't have as many people as them. Uh, so they underestimated her. However, she had trained them so much and so well. And apparently on, in the battlefield, she was so fierce that they ended up defeating the troops that had met them. 
Wow. Um, which is crazy. I mean, and some legends, I mean, there's a bunch of legends after this, right? So some say she would ride into battle on an elephant and wield two swords, one in each hand. Dude. <laughs> which is, yeah, and wear, and wear golden <laughs> I mean, armor. Dude, yeah, okay. <laughs> which this is pretty epic. This is amazing. It's like yeah. a level 99 <laughs> video game character or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's epic. <laughs> okay, that's epic. <laughs> so the Chinese, they kept sending troops against her, but soon she started to gain a reputation. The Chinese began to fear her. There were like rumors throughout a lot of the Chinese about her. Like riding an elephant with right, two yeah, golden yeah, yeah. swords. <laughs> I mean. And they would, they would say that her eyes were fierce and they would rather meet a tiger on the battlefield than meet her on the battlefield. Ooh, wow. wow. So they Which could have I, paper later. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To write their ref- reformations on or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah a, a lot of tigers in this, uh, in this region, so yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, eventually, right, so she fought a few battles. Eventually she begins to launch sieges against Chinese-held cities, which up until this point, none of the Vietnamese rebels had ever tried. Uh, because it was deemed to be too hard. She started launching these sieges. Um, and it's hard to tell how successful they were. Sometimes they were able to drive out some of the Chinese, sometimes not. But purportedly, over this whole period, uh, she fought over 30 battles against the Chinese. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Dude, yeah. That's awesome. That, that's a lot of courage, too. You don't, you know, it's not every day you hear rebellion, I mean, rebel armies sieging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Whole cities. So wow. I just wonder what was involved in her training. Like Yeah, it's not, the, you know, it's not wind, really known. You know, all that. <laughs> There's this turtle named Yugwe up there. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously though. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, so uh, you know, she had swords according to some sources, so you know, a lot of sword fight, I imagine, that kind of thing. Maybe like bows and arrows as well. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't know what kind of weaponry and that kind of thing they had. Um so it's pretty interesting, but I feel like tactical training is of much more value than like individual combat training in most instances. If you're yeah, waging no, a rebellion, true. I mean, yeah, like it, so. it comes down to the the captains of each army, you know, finding it out with yeah. their cool moves. Yeah, a lot, it's, a lot of it's like, more like logistics, chess, right? logistics, getting an army. Yeah. Place to well, place, you've probably never them. seen me in a sword fight, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. j- just takes one Samuel Heard. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's all. Maybe it if you had here. a Mad Mad Jack Churchill in the army. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so what they were doing, right, was guerrilla warfare at this time, is right. what like, her, she's really doing. So it's really more about um, her as like this fierce figurehead was spurring them on to fight really hard. That's kind of mm. what the legends say. And so, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in guerrilla warfare, it's normally not as organized, not as tactical. So that's kind of what it was like at the time. Um, but um, eventually, right, she drove the Chinese out of the delta out of the region but only for a short time um because eventually the chinese began to play dirty man they started they started to cheat they (laughs) you can't do that they began to bribe her soldiers to abandon her Ooh, yeah and so her forces began to dwindle which is so sad i mean that's the horror that's the worst way to go right like (sighs) she was virtually betrayed um so eventually, uh, after this one battle, her army had lost. Uh, they'd lost pretty badly, and they didn't have a lot of troops left. So she was defeated. Um, and so at this point, she has so few troops left, and she, her people had pretty much been overrun that Chinese had taken, retaken control over the entire region, and she'd lost. So 
she, like the Trung sisters before her, she did what was considered uh, appropriate for the time to keep her honor and committed suicide by drowning herself in a river. Oh, yeah. oh, Do you know no. how long she actually held the region before losing? It wasn't long. I mean, it was... Oh, I think only a couple months at the mm. time, you know. She wow. so she started this whole thing. She, she she started training at 19. She started to attack the Chinese with her army when she was 20. And then it was the it was about 3 years of fighting. So she was 22 or 23 when she died. Wow. Man, her and Alex, Alexander the Great would have made a pretty killer pair. Yeah, yeah, no, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um and uh I mean, what we've talked about so far, other heroes, you know, we most of the other heroes, well, actually all the other heroes we've done so far in this podcast have lived to a relatively old age. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is the first hero that tragically died, um, died too young. Hmm. But so after she had died, her legacy started to live on. There are a lot of legends about her. Like, uh, like I said, she's actually... Um, a pretty big figure in Vietnam, especially throughout their history. It's hard to know how well-known she is there now. I'm assuming she she still is a big part of their history, um, still pretty well-known. There were a lot of poems and stuff written about her. Um, but so a, a lot of these rebellions still happened in Vietnam against the Chinese, and her figure was still looked to uh, among the Vietnam Vietnamese people to spur them on. She was mm. kind of this kind of uh, motivate them. leader. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, r- rumors and legends started to gr- started to grow about her. So some of the stuff's crazy. Some people said she was over nine feet tall <laughs> um, and had a voice that was as loud as a temple bell. <laughs> well, okay. As loud as a bell. Wow, all right. Yeah, and, and they say her breasts were three feet long. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and in, in, in battle, she would sling them over her shoulder and behind her back. Oh, my gosh. As she oh rode my. into battle. <laughs> okay. Like, usually, like, I don't know. Like, when you're trying to sing the hmm. accolades of a person. I know. It's, yeah, it's like, <laughs> how do we usually, use that? Yeah. How usually that stay away from such descriptions. <laughs> it might have been, you know, it might have been seen as, uh, you know, as a as a thing of, like, I don't know, power or something uh, I, I, I guess know. i mean i'd be terrified that's wow yeah i'd be yeah i'd be terrified if i saw that too <laughs> sure. no, <yeah>. anyway <laughs> but uh but yeah and it kind of goes against them saying she was wearing all this golden armor like it doesn't really make sense <laughs> <laughs> that was a really weird piece is of that, armor is that what you got out of this johnny wow. <laughs> so that was a lie yeah, well, so so this this is also there's something here that is also one of my favorite things about it. So, uh, when she was attacking these people, there was this one Chinese commander who had faced her in battle, and after she died, uh, he was still so terrified of her that he was having nightmares about her, mm. um, and <laughs> so he thought he was being kind of like attacked by her spirit or like this this like female spirit. So what he did was he ordered all the doors in his camp to have phallic objects drawn on them, like penises. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! To to drive away the female spirits. That's what he <laughs> he ordered all the doors. <laughs> I just love that those are supposed to turn the female spirits yeah. away. Like. I feel like what really happened, right, is a bunch of his soldiers were goofing off. 
and he had to make some retroactive explanation as to why there were a bunch of phallic objects <laughs> on his doors. All this, like, all this graffiti. <laughs> his, his, his commanding, his, his superior officer comes in and says, uh, why are there all these phallic objects on your fort? And he's like, well, um, uh, you see the spirit of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we want to drive away the female spirit. You remember, so. that, you remember that girl, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Well, well, yeah, that's I, wow. the, supposedly, yeah, supposedly that's one of the. This story has a lot more mentions of body parts than I thought it would. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll admit that. Yeah, well, it's part of the culture, you know. It's really, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. True. that's true. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I guess she kind of was seen as a, a figurehead almost of rebellion in yeah. Vietnam for many yeah. years to come, and wow. and of like and of like femininity also. Uh, mm, they mm. kind of because it was unexpected for her to be this warrior as a woman and all this, but. Um, she was underestimated because of it, and like mm-hmm. e- even you know, even her being able to like lead this massive army against China was seen as this great accomplishment. Mm. So it's, it's almost an archetype, you know. There's a similar figure and in Roman the Roman history of their occupation of Britannia. I mean, you have Queen Boudica, um, mm. and mm. Her, you know she also leads this big rebellion against the Romans. And uh, there's a lot of other figures kind of like that in history. It's interesting to see the connection there. Yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. Yeah. Lots of parallels. Mm. Well, that's her story. I mean, so she died at, at uh, 23. There were still some other uh, rebellions that happened. So this was just during the second period of dominion of China over v- Vietnam. After this, they still ruled over there for several hundred years. There were more rebellions after that. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, in Vietnamese uh, history, she's still seen as this pretty powerful mm-hmm. figure because of that. So that's kind of her story. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. interesting. It just makes that's me want really, to do, really more, cool. do more research and learn more about her, you know? Yeah, and I, yeah. as I was, like, re- reading about it, there's so much, like, especially in that era that is unknown to us today, I think, because it was so long ago. I mean, this was right. over 1,800 years ago. Or yeah, that's crazy. A, maybe a little less than 1,800. It was about 1,800, so. And, and honestly, as I was listening to it, to this, I, um, I th- honestly thought she would bring about the, like, rebellion and establish Vietnam but the fact that she didn't necessarily like do that successfully but she's still regarded as a hero that that's pretty interesting to me honestly yeah um, yeah so it still didn't bring about the end of that chinese dominion right yeah um, but she's still i mean she was still very heroic in her actions that yeah. she must mm-hmm. have had a quite the presence to instill that kind of awe Right, yeah, and, exactly. And the people to be remembered even after a, a supposedly, you know, maybe a failed rebellion, you might say. Yeah. yeah. But in reality, she did kind of, I guess, spur on a future rebellious spirit among yeah. the people. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I just think it's interesting. There's so much stuff that's hard to tell what's true and what's not, you know. But I think what we can tell is that she was a great fighter, a great warrior, and a great yeah. leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we do know that she did raise this army. She did fight back against the Chinese and drive them out for a short period of time. So that's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I think that's uh, pretty incredible, actually, especially yeah. for how young she was as well. Yeah. yeah. So oh, really cool. uh, as a similar age range, uh, what have you guys done with your lives? I have curiosity. That's true. Yeah. We're, <laughs> I'm, I'm 23 now. So uh, I haven't done anything that that significant, I don't think. So you need to start mm-hmm. gathering people to train up an army. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about yeah. new? I don't know. I'll stick to making podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks so much, Johnny. I appreciate yeah, 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 of course. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, it's it's very interesting uh, to read about and cool to share with you guys. So um, yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, um, I think James and I are gonna get to work on another song. Uh, oh, so yes. stick around, everybody, because right after this, that's gonna start playing. Yeah. 
And thank you to our audience for listening and making this something that we enjoy to share with y'all. Yeah, and for just sure. like we talked about the parallels, please feel free to comment on our social media pages and just let us know what parallels these characters make you think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Voice like a temple bell. She gonna make Vietnam rebel. Okay. Don't sell her short when this girl attacks. Uh-huh, that's right. Yeah. They uh-huh. send a force, but she'll push them back. Uh-huh. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, it's Lady True. She was leading a rebellion against the Wu. She's nine feet tall, gold armor too. Riding on the elephant, she'll run you through. With those swords in her hands, with her men take a stand. She was orphaned unplanned, but she'll take the Southland. If you see her in the mountains, you better tremble. She's gonna come back with an army assembled. Generations go by, but she'll still be remembered. I'd rather fight a tiger than try to offend her. One day they're gonna say, let's retake Vietnam, man. You heard of Lady True? I say Vietnam, man. Wait, she's one you don't want to underestimate She's on the hunt and you're the prey Winning the battles all over the place Bringing them up in the mouths of Vietnam Training the killers and riding the elephants You think a woman can battle against your regime But you'll find the opposite Stop trying to take the delta You know your company felt the shock And your only hope is to bribe her army I can tell you Even her brother said Maybe you should be a housewife Nobody's gonna tell her That she needs to live the spouse life She'll be too busy with walking the waves Riding the wind and slaying the whales Saving the people from drowning Cleaning the front Why would she imitate? Why should she be a slave? Why would she resign herself to menial housework? Man, the 